Amen. Isaiah 30, 18. The word of the Lord says, Yet the Lord longs to be gracious to you. I'm going to read it up here. Therefore, will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you, and therefore will he be exalted, that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of judgment. But watch this. Blessed are all they that wait for him. There is a blessing. You may not have known this, but there is a blessing in waiting on God. Just by waiting on him, you get blessed. I want to talk to you for just a minute about waiting on God, and we'll only take a few minutes here. Really, Matthew 13 is where we're going to end up. But I'm just thankful for this blessing that God gives, because sometimes, have you ever waited on the Lord? Sometimes you feel like you're waiting a while. So let's just thank the Lord Jesus. Thank you for your word. We ask you just to touch our hearts in this devotion and bless us as we move toward our serve moments today. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. You may be seated. Well, if the previous question didn't mess with everybody's feelings for being happy. I'm about to mess it up again. How many have ever been in a waiting room at a doctor's office? How many love waiting for the doctor? Not a single person. I would be pretty careful to, to, to say that I, I'd be right about that. But the reason why is because while you're waiting, you see, it seems like they should be coming out a little bit sooner. You see the doctor in back. They're moving around. It's like, are, are they meeting with other people or is it just... They're, they're doing things because maybe they could take a five-minute break and just see me real quick and just renew the prescription or whatever I got. Maybe just five minutes. Can I get a five-minute, give the doctor a five-minute break and send them out to the waiting room. We'll take care of it out here. I don't even need to go back. You ever had that moment? I had that moment this week. I was trying to get a document signed, which I have to get signed on a regular basis as a funeral director. And I was like, just give the doctor a five-minute break and have him come out and sign this because we were in a hurry. But I, I sat there for 45 minutes. And luckily, you know, we have our phones. So I was on my phone. I was killing some time, just waiting because we had to have it. It had to happen that day um, because of something that was happening the next day, and it had to be done. And so I was just like, I'm being vague because I need to because of uh, protecting all those involved. But what happened was they came out 45 minutes later. The, the nurse came out and says, I'm sorry, but the doctor's not going to get to that until 5 p.m. Now it's 3 p.m., I've been sitting there for nearly an hour, and this is now occurring to them, <laughs> that I'm not going to get this till 5 p.m. And did you know I wanted to jump up, throw my hands up, and say hallelujah? Do you think that was my reaction? Can I, can I get an amen on that? Probably would be frustrating. Anybody frustrated with that? An hour of waiting, and now they tell me I'm going to need to just go, and they'll send it to me. Uh, and a couple hours later, and so... I was like, okay. And then I started to begin to think about the moments that we have to wait on God. And uh, I, I think exploring what the Bible teaches about that is an important aspect of your Christianity because you're going to find in your faith journey that there's times when you wait. Where you pray prayers and it doesn't happen as fast as you think it should happen. It doesn't get answered like you thought it would be answered. And you have to trust God that he knows a better way and that his ways are higher and his ways do come to good and that he'll turn everything for good. And sometimes in our like instant gratification society, we value more things happening in a moment than we value waiting on God 
Um, but we can feel like maybe it's counterintuitive. We read passages about by faith, they did this, and by faith they did that, and there's things that happen in the Scripture where it seems like it happened rather quickly, but if you go back and analyze it, sometimes it took years for those things to happen. Sometimes it took months. And so we, while we live in a society where waiting can be seen as a waste of time with God, it's not a waste of time. When you wait on a prayer to be answered, you wait on something from the Lord, you're not wasting time you're, you're learning God's process, that faith processes you. As believers, we, we're called to live that different perspective that even though it seems like we're waiting a long time, God is actually working behind the scenes invisibly on the process while we wait. He's not dormant. He's not asleep. He's not taking a vacation in the far corner of the, of the universe He's working on it for you. When you send a prayer up, it goes before God. Amen? So there's, in Matthew 13, 24, there's a parable that talks about a sower that sows in the darkness. It comes in, there's a good master who sows seed in his field, and another one comes in and sows tares. How many know the story? And then... As you're looking at the scripture in verse 24, it, it tells you a little bit about how the master approaches this because the enemy of our soul can sometimes do things that interrupts the environment because he can't change your future because you're secure in Christ Jesus. He cannot take away your hope of heaven so what he does is he sometimes interrupts the environment that you're in because that's what he can sow into. He cannot sow into your life, but he can sow into the environment that's around you. And if you guys would put that scripture up for me, uh, Matthew 13, 24, it talks about this. I can pull it if I need to. I think they're having some technical troubles back there and they're just working on things. Let me know if it comes up. Everybody yell if it shows up on the screen. But... Oh, yeah. Another parable put he forth. Now, a parable is just an earthly example of a heavenly truth, okay? So it's just a way of God communicating. Jesus was communicating to them in a way that they would understand a heavenly truth. He put forth this parable saying the kingdom of heaven is like. Everybody say the kingdom of heaven is like. Unto a man which sowed good seed. Another parable put forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is like unto man that sowed good seed in his field. Next verse, if you would. And, but while he, men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat. Everybody see the word slept? It's a, it's a, it's a word for us to tell us that we're not supposed to be, uh, anytime we sleep on anything, there's a possibility for an enemy to sow things into our life. Somebody said, amen. We need to be vigilant, sober, vigilant-minded. And so then it goes on to say that he sowed tares among the weeds, but when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also, which you have to understand about these kind of tares were sown. They look a lot like wheat at the smallest form. It takes them about two feet tall to start looking like tares but they look like wheat when they're first sown. So the whole field 
would look like wheat until it grew to a certain uh, height. And then they recognized that they were tares. So the servants of the household came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou not sow good seed in thy field from whence thou hast this, from whence, or where did these tares come from? And then the next verse tells us that he said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servants said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go out? Do you want us to go out and gather them up? And here's the lesson. He said, No, lest while you gather up the tares, you root up also the wheat with them. He's saying they, they were right to ask because tares are going to take nutrients out of the soil that needs to be for the wheat. But the reason why he said leave them was because you cannot uproot a tear without pulling up wheat. And this is a picture of the church in the earth, really. This is a picture of the kingdom of God, which we are uh, uh, to be in this earth. And he said, don't worry about removing what the enemy has sowed. Let it grow together. And at the end, when the last day comes, angels will separate the tares, bundle them, and place them in a place that's only good for burning material. And then the, the others, the wheat, which we are in Christ Jesus, we're the sowing of the Lord, the first fruits of, of the dead, the coming forth of Jesus Christ out of the grave was what brought us through him into life and life everlasting. And someone could give me an amen. And so we are those ones that will be gathered up into everlasting life. And so the enemy cannot kill you, but it creates a conundrum for us because it feels like the thorns or the wheat having tares means to some people, even when they read this, that you can have good things in your life, but you can also have curses in your life. The tares are not symbolic of curses. You have to understand that you can have the difficulties in your life and still be blessed by God. You can have times where you go through things because the enemy cannot kill you or he cannot curse you. He will try to corrupt the environment in which you're living. He'll try to put something in your life that pulls nourishment out of your life that should go to the good things, but ends up you end up having these tears in your life, these complications, these things that are weighing you down. So because he cannot destroy you, he will contaminate things around you. Anybody know that to be true? Anybody ever be walking with God and it just seems like that one coworker is a grace giver, amen, is a, is a, is a mercy build. Everybody in, in here can be honest with me and say that it seems like as much as you want to walk with God and pray, there's that one family member at the family reunion that makes it difficult for everybody. Amen, somebody? Should I leave that alone? <laughs> But it's still true. There can be wheats and tares and situations that we can apply it to. But it, if we understand that if we are, if we are grafted in, to, if we are brought into the family of faith, that the root is blessed. So the fruit of our life is blessed. So we know that we're grafted into the root and offspring of David. And so, therefore, eventually, even though there may be things that are pressing on us and difficult in our life, we will eventually produce something that is worth gathering in. Amen? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You may not see it sometimes in my life, but my blessings start at my root level because of who I'm attached to. Amen? 
So because my root, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost coming in here. It's my help. I feel like you need to know that even if it doesn't look like you're blessed on the surface, if you keep walking with God, your roots are blessed. And eventually those roots will show themselves as powerful fruit in your life. You'll see love and joy and peace and gentleness make its way through the surface of your life. Even if it seems like a mess and it's dirty and it's muddy and it's messy, eventually you're going to realize that I was blessed underground and when it comes up it has to match what was blessing me in those root seasons of my life hello somebody you were formed in the womb god chose you for a season and for this life so he cannot the devil cannot curse what god's already blessed understand that some people believe that they need to, to remove curses out of their life but if you've given your life to jesus christ he is blessing you and he's you. So the Satan that we know, the enemy here could be applied to Satan. He sows seeds. He has systems that he puts in place. And so we ask ourselves, so what, what, do, we, what do we do in this situation where we see this? Well, we know there's no success without sacrifice. We know that. That's a life principle. But we also know that the devil does his best work in the dark. So we want to spend as much time as we can taking in light. Amen. Spending time walking in the light, leaning into the light, walking after God, putting his word in our heart. And so I wondered why he planted the things at night, because the devil likes to do things in the darkness. And because the devil does things in the darkness, his best work is done when man can't see it, and then it comes out, because he's always imitating God. He's always doing things like God does. God, God plants your best blessings in the root level at the dark and watches it come forth to fruit. The enemy's like, oh, maybe I'll try that too, but he also, he also has unrighteous authority. I'm talking about the righteous authority of God, but there is the unrighteous authority in the earth that the devil has, and he'll, he'll try to do things in the dark. But I'm thankful one day there was a man that came through the womb of a woman named Jesus. And he walked into this earth and he spent about 33 years turning darkness to light. And he said, I am come that men might have light and they might have a life even and a life more abundantly. So Jesus gets on the cross. I mean, I'm not supposed to be preaching today. I'm getting so excited. Jesus gets on the cross and when he takes his last breath from noon to 3 p.m., there's either a solar eclipse or something happens and we get a midday midnight. What's happening? God just said, I'm going to reset it. I'm going to start it all over. I'm going to do work in the dark moments that bring a church into the light. I'm going to return us back to our former glory. And while we waited on God and while they waited on a moment of return, they said, I'm going to get up in three days. I'm going to come back with power and glory and authority. I thank God that he got out of that grave because when he walked out, he changed everything. They waited and they were rewarded because they waited because God does his best work in the light, and he won't leave things in the dark. Trust in the Lord, the Bible says, with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. He makes good ways for his people. But if there's dark moments in your life, understand that that might be a burial moment of something. That might be a moment that needs to go into the tomb, but it will come out if you trust the Lord. You will have a resurrection. And so you have to not dig up what God's doing. You have to leave it alone. Some things you just have to leave. Some people, some family members, you just got to leave them alone. Amen, somebody. You got to have enough faith 
to just leave it alone and let God work on it. Maybe it's a dark moment you're waiting through. Maybe it's a difficult diagnosis you're waiting through. But God is going to make good on it. I promise you that. Last week, I've been dealing with a lot of things in my left knee. I didn't know what was going on. They prayed for me. I haven't had trouble with that knee since. God can heal you, amen? He can do something in your moment of waiting. I just waited on him, and I prayed about it, and waited on him, and eventually, God did the work, and I'm thankful for it. I felt a miracle in my body, and I'm so thankful for it. The power of doing nothing. The enemy can't curse you, but there's spiritual warfare in just praying and believing and letting God do the work. Be still and know that he is God is a great verse in the scripture. Amen? Would you stand with me? I don't want to go too long because I'll get excited and get into all of this other stuff that I got here. Matthew 6.34 tells us that, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about itself. Or tomorrow has sufficient trouble for itself. Don't take on tomorrow's troubles today. Everybody say, don't touch it. God has a harvest for you that's going to come to light even when there's tears in our life. And that harvest will come in your harvest season. Don't reach for things that are ahead of your harvest season because if you pull something into your life too early, you will have to sustain it. God has promises for our life that are for the moment when we need them. If you pull a promise too early into your life, you will not have it for tomorrow's trouble where it was supposed to show up. God knows what you need, when you need it. Every day has enough trouble on its own, and God will direct you. Amen? Don't let an urgency or the enemy's urgency make you take matters into your own hands. Amen? It's not that there's something wrong. Even when you're frustrated, you know, frustration is sometimes the weeds that we're talking about, the thorns, and and we can get tired and aggravated and you know, you can say that what I've said many times, I don't understand how it got this way or I don't know how to handle it, this conflict or something that's going on, but God is working. God is in the midst. And the enemy would like to wear out your mind with worry, but he's saying, don't worry about tomorrow in the scripture because God's that's a God promise. He's going to take care of it for you, amen? So I just want you to know that faith can do the work. Faith can do the work. God has a harvest that's already completed. He sees the end from the beginning, amen? So the Holy Ghost would tell somebody, I think, to, today that, that it's time not to panic. It's, it's, it's not time to be frustrated. It's not time to give up or give out. It's not the time. And so I want to let hell know today, I guess as I'm t- saying this, I just want to go on public record to say that I've heard from God And God tells you that if you sow in tears, you'll reap in joy. But you cannot reap in sorrow, so you must focus on joy. And joy comes through the Holy Ghost, amen? Joy comes through the Holy Ghost. Love, joy, peace, and gentleness, all of that. And with joy, we draw from the well of salvation. So this is what we do. We we keep drawing with joy, out of the word of God, we keep drawing with joy out of worship with others. We keep drawing with joy out of connection to family. And when we do that, God takes the tears and replaces it with grace that's sufficient.
And with that joy that we're reaching for, God gives us a cycle of tears, grace, and joy, and tears, and grace, and joy. And we continue to do that cycle, and the Lord goes after the things that get planted in our life that are not supposed to be there. Faith can do the work, amen? I believe in that wholeheartedly. We are the kingdom. And so don't uproot what God is working on, because only God can bring the harvest that he wants to bring in your life. And I trust him with that. Do you trust him with that? Do you trust him to work on your behalf? I believe that. Jesus, give us faith today to believe as we're doing this serve day that you would work on the needs that we have. There are, there's always something that is trying to weigh our mind down. There's always an enemy attack, sowing tears in our environment, trying to contaminate something, trying to take away the resource that we have or the hope that we have in you, Jesus. But it cannot be done. There is no curse to be laid on the people of God, for you have already blessed them, and we are thankful that you have chosen, Lord Jesus, to give us the needs that we have, to to supply the needs that we have. And I'm asking you in this room right now that you give somebody a resilient hope that you are the God who's working for them and you are a God who makes things new. We trust you. We wait on you, Lord. If you're willing to wait on the Lord today with your faith, would you give him one more hand of praise? In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I wait on you, Lord Jesus. I wait on you, Lord Jesus. Got to meet with my father last week as we were in Texas and he's been praying every night. I'm not used to that. I'm used to a chain smoker. I'm used to a cusser. I'm used to somebody that spends his life not interested in the things of God. And yet he's asking me now, what do you need me to pray for? What do you want me to put on my prayer list? And I, and I you know... I was like, how, how is this going to work? How, how is this going to turn around? I, I never saw it, but I waited on God. And we went to Motion Conference last week, and I met a man by the name of Jonathan Elms who's starting the church in Baytown, Texas, where I was born and my dad lives. And I walked up to Jonathan, and I said, it's, it's a rough situation, but I'd love to have you connect with my dad. And he said, give him my cell number. I'll go have coffee with him. 35 years this has been turning around. 35 years, God's been working on his heart. And I pray he's going to come back home to that church and God's going to do something. Would you believe with me that God can help a family member come back to God anytime? Jesus' name. Sarah, come and give us our announcements. I trust God and I believe that if you're waiting on something, you're going to see it soon in God's timing. Amen.